All right, we are back with interviews. Second part of episode 78, we are here with the two co-founders of a new device in the Connecticut beer scene, something I don't really say too much, but here we are. It is Rob Zilanka and Lewis Westfall. Did I say that right, Rob? I totally forgot. Perfect, man. Nailed it. Oh, Absolutely. it is the gentleman. His, his heart was pounding. I, I honestly, yeah, proud of yourself. Asked you the question, remembered it, and then I was preparing how to intro what I was about to say. Went right out the window. So he sweats really easily. You can tell he got nervous. Yes, it's, I'm wearing dark clothes for that reason. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it is the gentleman behind Growler Power. Now you might have seen them at Beer Fence, which is how we met. Um, they created a device to keep beer in your growler cooler and better tasting for longer. I'm not going to steal the spotlight. Gentlemen, how are you? And welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Happy to freaking be here. Uh, we talked about this. When did we first meet? Was it last summer? Yeah, last yeah, summer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the better, better, better half. I remembered that. I was asking him, I was like, these are the guys from the better half thing. He's like, yeah, good memory. Yeah. It feels like forever ago. Yeah, I, I think I still have your card in uh, <laughs> in my little drawer here. I think I do. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. I do remember that the product did catch my eye because it obviously was something that was very new. I think everyone's trying to make a can cooler or something along the lines of after it kind of leaves uh the production of like going from a keg to a can but you're doing this from a growler standpoint and something is different it's like oh wow this is very cool and you said hey let's get on when we're at the point of so, release and here we are so let's tell the people who at home who may not fully understand what we're talking about let's talk about your product what is it yes what does it do and then how did you come to what was the start of this idea and how did it come to fruition? So what is it? Lewis and I invented a portable kegerator for your growler. 32 ounces, 64 ounces, up to a gallon size fits in this baby. And um, it's the first in the market. There's nothing out, out there like it. We created it going back to 2015, 2016. The thought came into my mind because we wanted the home draft experience, right? Who doesn't like a home draft system? Who doesn't want a portable or doesn't want a kegerator in your basement? The problem has been with these home draft systems is you have to buy the beer that the home draft system company uh, is selling for it to work for your system. That's been always the case. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I thought back then is how cool it'd be if we had a universal home draft system where you determine what to plug into the thing using a growler didn't exist kind of put it away for a little bit and then i went to this party uh at the end of 2015 a holiday festival party there was a lot of great food a lot of foodies a lot of people with good beer a lot of growler beer you remember back in the day there's just growlers everywhere yes and <laughs> i walked to this party and there were growlers everywhere and you didn't know what was what growlers are getting warm open people really weren't drinking them and i thought this is a waste this is kind of a shame so then I started to think about the idea again of a home draft system that worked with growlers and the fact that we had an opportunity to protect that growler, keep it cold, serve it in style, show some respect. Um, I got together with Lewis like sh just a few months after that, after we had time to think about it some more. We said, OK, we're going to do this. We're going to bring this to the world. One, because we wanted ourselves so bad. 
but two, we thought that the market and the craft beverage world could use something like this. Um, so I don't know, Lewis, do you have any other, I'm sure you got more to add on that. That's just my <laughs> interpretation. No, I mean, that, that, that sums it up pretty well. Um, it, it was really about how to extend the shelf life, um, and, and the ease of, of dispensing, you know, the growler, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, some people will say, well, it's only four pints of beer. Well, yeah, you're right. It is. But the, the whole the whole idea behind it became how do you treat it with respect? How do you how do you extend the life of it? Maybe it is uh, a, a once a year, an annual release of a beer that you really, really cherish mm -hmm. and you want to go and you want to get it. And, the, and they're only offering it on draft. Right. Um, they're not even canning it. And you know, maybe you can go in and get a growler and, and this, you know, be able to enjoy it for a couple of weeks, you know, four ounces here and there. Um, maybe it's a high octane, you know, 15, 14, 15% ABV that you can't hammer down, you know, four pints in one night. Yeah. I don't know who you are, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know this, this community can go nuts. So I, yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, I have a kegerator. It's uh, it's right next to my desk here, which is great, but it's uh, freaking huge. It's huge. And it's a, it's a pain in the ass to clean. And you're right. Something I actually didn't even think about too, is you are really limited as far as like what places offer. The only place really aside from a handful of breweries is like total wine and some bigger liquor stores that have like kegs. And if it's not, you know, a half keg or a quarter keg of um, like Bud Light or something, it's main lunch or something that's heavy. And it's like, do I want 40 pints of main lunch? No, that's too much of a good thing. Uh, yeah. Or on, on the other side, I think uh, Two Roads had their Bourbon Barrel Age Holiday Ale, which was like 12%. Again, that's 40 pints of that. Great beer don't necessarily want 40 pints of that to myself or for like the three or four people that would drink it that I have over. So, right. uh, yeah, it, it, it's a very unique concept and, and I do like it. Um, I know that you've, Oh, it's okay. Um, though I know you've partnered with, with certain breweries. Um, what was the first thing that a lot of breweries said to you when you, when you brought the idea to, uh, to them, were they like, Oh my God, like we were looking for this. Take my money. Yeah, like, you know, what was their initial reaction to it? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just go. Um, this is freaking cool. What I've never <laughs> seen anything like this. Um, so that's really the, the positive reaction we got right off the bat. Almost every time. This is really sleek looking. Um, I like it. And then, and then there's some that, you know, love it, but wanted to see, would this actually convince craft beer drinkers to adopt growlers again, bring growlers back. Yeah. A lot of these brewers went through the the ups and downs of growlers, right? They remember them when they were really prevalent. Uh, it was like the only way for, for them to sell their beer for people to take it home. And then the last couple of years, um, it's kind of gone the other way. So they've seen it. So, you know, they there some have a wait and see approach, but a lot of them think it's just the coolest thing, one well for themselves. And, uh, and, and those are the ones that, uh, we're still working with and talking to today. So what's your goal when you're partnering with breweries? Like when you go in there, what is, what is, what are you hoping to happen between you and them? Well, to add on to what Rob was saying, I, they, we, they were puzzled because when Rob and I went in, we weren't asking them for money. We weren't asking them to, to, to back us financially. We, we just wanted help 
in getting the word out because mm. one of our big approaches is to get to put money back in their pockets a lot of people don't realize that when they go buy a four pack of you know broadbrook let's just say great local brewery right yeah when they go when they go to the liquor store and they buy a four pack of broadbrook because hey i'm gonna support local they don't realize that like 60 percent of the profit of that thing is split between the liquor store and the distributor the the guys who make the beer don't make that much money on four packs out of the liquor store that's a good point plus you've got all the single use packaging you've got all the carbon footprint loaded into that four pack of beer you're better bet you're better bang for your buck is to go buy a growler directly out of their tap because that's how they're going to make their money. Give that give your money back. I mean, we all have beer money, right? The best way to spend that beer money is go back to the artist who made it and sell it and buy it right out of their tap room, either in a pint glass or in a growler and take it home and enjoy it that way. So when we approached them, we, we were approaching them from the standpoint of, hey, we want to market you. you, we, wanna, you want, we want you to give us the opportunity to market you and pour your beer out of our device and show how cool our device is. And then people are going to remember, hey, Urban Lodge was one of our great you know, first adopters. And, and we kept telling Ryan, look, we, we want to support you. That's what we want to do. We want to get people into your tap room and take your beer home. Um, rather than, you know, go to Total or go to Manchester Wine and Liquor. And although sure. I love those places, they serve their purpose. But, right. you know, let's get the money back in the locals' hand. I think you... That's that's an interesting indirect way of doing it. It, you know? it is. And I think you say, too, like with the growler, it's, you say it's like only four pints. Um, but a beer is also sold predominantly in four packs. Um, right. <clears throat> so I don't think it's a totally crazy idea. Wow, hold on one second. I cannot clear my... <laughs> there we go. Yeah, can you toss me Yeah, the no, there you go. Um, I don't think it's a totally crazy idea to <laughs> have to, you know, like have like one growler and, and fit in it uh, just with the growler power, uh, power itself. The thing that I thought of initially, like if I were a brewery trying to utilize this, like obviously you don't want to have a flagship IPA on this that's going to go very quickly. Um two roads and a lot of breweries have like firkins either like once a month or whatever but they're kegs that sit like on the countertop of like a limited release beer or a flagship beer that they add stuff to and this was like the first thing i thought of of a more high octane beer that could be put in this if you're only serving eight ounce you know tasters of it or if you're doing samples of it like you do at events for a brewery i think that'd be a great use for it excuse me wow uh, but I, that's what I thought of first. I know I'm having like water and beer here and it's not doing anything, but that's what I thought of too. I thought it'd be a great idea. You know so. why? Because his beer's probably warm. What mm. are you doing? It's probably just the acid reflux of just being oh, yeah, over 30, it. you know, just more, that's more, more than anything. So Stop it. <laughs> you know, it's just the girt sneaks uh, up on you, no tums. <laughs> Yeah. That's... So when so going backwards a little bit, so you're at the um, the design phase of of the, the growler power, the whole the whole product itself. What were some of the challenges you faced, kind of making this work, to being at the standards that you wanted it to be at? We we had an adventure, Lewis. You want to start it off, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, we did we did everything from the proof of concept, which was basically cut a hole in the in into an igloo cooler and 
you know, try it out that way. Um, to Rob actually got his hands on an actual miniature whiskey barrel oh, wow. that he has video of me cutting up in my basement with sparks flying and everything. It was, it actually came out really cool. We, we dubbed that one kind of like the, the pirate's booty, you know, it's yeah. like this, tri like, it's like this Jack Sparrow, you know, huge piece. It's going in the museum when we finally, yes. you know, get a museum. <laughs> it's it's going to go but in the it, lobby of his, if Rob's office back there. Exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah, right <laughs> back there, right next to the printer. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, and it, so we've we've gone from uh you know and then we've moved into 3d printed um we got a couple of 3d printed ones right off of our engineers home 3d printing and then we you know kind of upped the ante a little bit and did you know professional 3d printing um challenges i would say probably at first the challenge was finding the right faucet um that would uh, we we wanted something that wasn't we wanted something that was obviously cool right but we didn't we it couldn't be too big um and we didn't want to go with like the the um oh the metallicized plastic ones you know where it's like the shiny metal uh oh. looking but mm -hmm. then it's plastic on the inside so we actually happened upon it was kind of you know dumb luck really we happened upon a supplier that actually had done a small miniaturized euro faucet it was 50 percent scale it's exactly the same faucets that you'll see in most of the most of the breweries with a flow control on the oh, yeah. on the right hand side and it's actually 50 percent scale and i think we'll probably be the only ones out there use actually using it as a functional faucet uh, which was really cool because we're a smaller, um, smaller scale. Yeah. So that, that flow control faucet is actually the same as what you'll see in a, in a nice brewery. Um, but about half the size. For those listening, uh, Tyler pulled up is sharing a screen. We are looking at the growler power right now. Um, beautiful design. Like, you know, uh, it, it's black. And it, for those who don't know what it looks like, it's black and it looks like a barrel. It has that very rustic charm to it. Like you said, it's not looking too plasticky at all. And uh, it just plugging right into, look at that, it plugged right into that growler. Yeah. It has a little, I was going to ask that too. It does have a little CO2 uh, reading as well, which that's a, yep. that's a nice touch. That's, that's. Yeah. That's so, so the CO2 regulator will actually fit um, the two different size cartridges, uh, both threaded. Um, mm -hmm. We use the threaded cartridge rather than the uh, non-threaded version. Fits the small 16 gram cylinder, um, which you can get two to three growlers out of, and then the larger 74 gram cylinder, which you can get eight to 10 growlers mm -hmm. out of it. Another really cool feature of this thing is that they also make nitrogen cylinders in the same size or the oh, same nice. five eighths um, thread size. And you don't have to use a different regulator. You can use the same regulator. So let's say, you know, you, you get a crazy magnum of wine, right? And you don't want to finish the whole bottle of wine. Well, you can decant it over into a, a growler. Whatever you have left, you can decant it into a growler and throw nitrogen on this thing. And huh. now you now you can preserve that wine over That's a, a good period point. of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, that was one of the things that Rob was really, you know, he had the growler in mind. But at the end of the day, 
we wanted to be able to do something that you was versatile from the standpoint that we've made uh, the small 32 ounce growler. We, I made a, a batch of Moscow mule. Oh, nice. Put it in there and poured it out, had a little cup of limes, cut limes next to it and squeeze them out. We did, we did one crazy one for a, a video shoot. It was called the purple people eater <laughs> cocktail. And so we wanted something really colorful to come out and, mm -hmm. and you basically take purple priming sugar or purple, um, sugar and and coat the rim of a glass and then pour it out i like that so I, that's can, an amazing name yeah I yeah <laughs> I think went through a couple names on that's the one we settled on we, yeah we have some fun with that yeah how many uh if 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 any how many patents did you need to like apply for for something like this especially if it's like first of its kind so we we actually did a provisional patent in the full utility patent one on the whole system we are, there are a couple of things in there that we're looking at that are pretty unique uh, that we may move forward with a patent on as well. But yeah, right now, just one patent for the whole thing. I would like to, to Tyler, your earlier question on sort of the challenges we went through in the design of this, or was it you, Jeff? I forget, no. but. Um, I'll take credit for it. Yeah. It was me. It was me. <laughs> no, I'll take Shut up, Ty. I have a Great patent question, on that one. by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one thing, going back to that faucet, um, and the flow control, it, it's really key because when Lewis was talking about drilling holes into a, an igloo container, some of the, the testing we were doing, major problem we were running into, and again, this is back in 20, what, 17, 2018, maybe 2017, uh, we were getting a lot of foam. We we're getting foamy beer. Uh, tastes great if you like foamy beer, but it was a lot of foam. Too much, too much foam for someone that only has 64 ounces to play with. Sure. Um, so we really wanted to perfect the pour. We wanted to make sure that every pour out of this thing was um, ideal. So we, we changed some things, we got the faucet, we scaled it down. Fortunately, we found a supplier that could do it. And we got the flow control too. If you got so much head coming out of that thing, you can dial it back with the flow control. Yeah. And then Lewis had some great ideas and we, uh, we incorporated those ideas into the design and we got rid of that head problem, man. Just the right pour. Um, who pour who the hell water. likes foam? Well, a little foam's okay, right? It's part a of a little bit, but like you, we're talking like I, 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 you probably worked out there was too much there. Who's who's sitting on that? Who's liking that? I don't know. I'm just sick that's I don't know. Sickos. That's it. Uh, I don't know. I'm a. I'm a. If if you've if you've ever had a uh, like a good Boddington's, that you know you get that you know not quite an inch, but you know about a half inch of three that quarters works. of an inch of oh of, yeah of foam that I you like can. That. It's like whipped cream. I mean, <laughs> the, it's 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 all sensory too, right? It's all in yeah, the uh, in the nose. It's, it, as much as you can get in the nose is 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 what you know makes it taste good as well. It just gets in my mustache, and I just yeah. Well, yeah, that's a practical too. bee yeah. problem, I guess. <laughs> Mine too. If you know, I yeah, yeah, one. yeah, sure. Uh huh. Uh, switching gears real fast. Uh, one last question, then we'll take a quick break. When you're coming up with this idea, um. Did you go, I know I spoke about this in the beginning, like as you're working with breweries, did you kind of think about either having this be a corporate product or like a personal use product? Was that a conversation that you had early on or were you strictly like, I want this to be a personal use so people can take growlers home and use this? Uh, I'll say initially it was to consumer. The thought was this was going to be a personal item uh, that would benefit the consumer, but also the brewery in terms of them 
being able to sell their beer right at the, someone else's glass, not to worry about the fussing mm -hmm. around with the canning line and all that. Um, but one of the first questions we get asked when we're talking to mentors and bankers and all that is, so you're going to sell these directly to the breweries? Is that going to be your channel? And that's always come up. Yeah. Know, that never really crossed our mind initially. Um, so it's a really interesting question. So it's, it's the thought has always been the consumer. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, a, a brewery as a channel, it has come up quite a bit. You get slapped yeah. at logos on those things. You could do a little partner, you know. There you uh -huh. go. I think, too, like, also it's good for things that how we met at, like, Beer Fest and at events where you're pouring smaller amounts for a large group of people. You know, a jockey box works well, but that's a big, like, even your initial design, it's a huge igloo cooler. It's clunky, and especially if you have, like, a big CO2 tank, stuff like foam is an issue that happens large quantities you want to be able to take it replace it and have it work perfectly so i thought about that too i mean it's uh yeah there's a, there's a lot of options here um and it's just it, it is something that's like truly unique i'm i love it that's crazy and one more thing you think you brought up sampling tyler earlier yeah you remember the bottle shares when people used to bring over to someone's house a bomber a beer a large bottle yeah, or five you just like pass it around I don't know if people do that anymore, but we kind of want to bring that back with this. Yeah. The, the, the smaller sample size. So you don't have to commit to a 16 ounce can of beer. Um, if you want to try something else and only have four or five, you pour what you want out of this thing, cold, fresh, and then move on. That's the idea. We wanted people to experience different kinds of beers in the perfect way. Um, so that's kind of our vision for this is have to have people have a bunch of these on like a lazy suit and spin it around and <laughs> pour a stout out of it and then pour a nail and pour a Pilsner, pour a Kolsch. Uh, and just just experience variety um, in yeah. the best possible way. So, uh, what kind of uh, feedback have you been getting from the community at large? From you said you primarily focused on on the onset with, with consumers. When you went and showed this out at events, what kind of feedback were you getting? Were they skeptical? Were they into it upright? Where where, where were they at? Uh, I'll, I'll just say, every event we've done, the, the feedback has been awesome, super positive. Some of the questions we get asked are, is this available now? What's the pricing? I'll take 10. Um, so the, the reaction in person when we show this thing, when we demonstrate it, we can flip it open, show that there's a growler sitting in there, ice around it. Um, pe people are sold right away. Um, so the more we could do that in our marketing, um, you know, we'll, we'll go a long way. But that's always that's always the challenge, right, is to communicate um, the experience of seeing this firsthand in front of you but not being there in person. So it's been fantastic when we do these festivals. I don't know. Lewis has experienced it beside me. And it's just, it's awesome. We love going to these things. And I think it was the, uh, we went to Rhode Island. We did a, a, an event at the, uh, was it Beardley Zoo? Beardsley Zoo? Um, no, the Roger Williams. Roger the Williams, Brew, thank you. Yeah, thank the you. Brew at the Zoo. And nice. I, I know we were in a prime location, but we had a long line of people lining up just to try someone else's beer out of our device. And, and no one knew who we were, but they, they were, lining up to, to try you know something cool in a cool way and uh i don't know I, that's, it's been that way at almost every event in a different way it's been awesome it's been a fun ride so far yeah awesome. it, it definitely catches eyes it caught my eye i was like what is this thing like what it's like it looks like a small barrel what the hell is this doing here and i'm like oh this is actually like very intricate and cool like you did i remember at better half like you open it up has these like big ice packs in it and everything and it all kind of like fits in uh, into like this little device. So um, I thought that's pretty wild. 
at events, have you ever thought about doing like a blind taste test? Being like, you take like a warm beer, you kind of shake it up, and then you pour it out, and you take the same beer and you put it in your device, and like say like, hey, this tastes really good in in our device, right? Kind of like tip the scales in your favor. Have you thought about doing that? Well, we're actually, I mean, we're actually in the process of doing something like right now. Um, we partnered up with um, Jeff Stopper, who used to run the um, used to run the brewing sciences program at Sacred Heart. Oh, nice! And knows all the guys over at Two Roads in Area Two. Um, and I'll just throw this out here right now: we we partnered up with Two Roads. We have our device sitting in their Area Two cooler right now huh. with um, Road to Ruin. No, not Road to Ruin. Um, Oh, help me out. What's their Hellas? Um, oh, um, cruise control. Cruise control. Yeah. So we have a growler safe. all by itself sitting right next to our growler inside the growler power on CO2. <laughs> and they've been sitting there for a week now. Um, and we're going back next week. And we've got Jeff is working on getting a panel of Cicerones um, to do a side-by-side taste test between the you know, regular growler and the growler on CO2 over the last two weeks. And we're also going to, we're also doing something, I think with area two's um, sensory class, like they have a brew, they do a brewing class and they have a sensory um, sensory class on Tuesday evenings and they're going to participate in it as well. What is a sensory Um, class? uh, Taste palate. Oh, okay. You know, all that, Pour it on yourself, stuff. feel it on your skin. Yeah, yeah. smell. Yeah, taste. They miss that smell, sensory when they're doing the yeah, sensory. Yeah, that's so classes. strange. Why would they just feel? put it right on the skin? Yeah, really you know, bathe in it. <laughs> Let it absorb so, that. Way. Like the like the um, the fidget spinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Just like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I'm I'm very curious how that result's going to play out. Um, just to see what how it tastes different, right? Just because. With a growler, even it has a twist cap, it's not purely airtight. And looking on the site, you have like it's a is a rubber stopper that the CO two and the beer line kind of go into. Am I looking yeah. at that right? Right. So I'm assuming that's gonna be a little bit more airtight than a regular screw top. So yeah, right. I, I and we did we did do we we kind of level set the two, uh, and we took we filled them both up to the same height, and then we poured one pint out of or very close to one pint, we did a measured pour out of the growler um, and then capped it. And then we pour, and then we pulled the same volume out of the growler power spigot mm-hmm. um, so that they're both, you know, have, have less than full volume. So we, we kind of expose a lot of that surface to the air on the regular one to kind of simulate what somebody, you know, somebody let a growler sit half consumed or, three quarter quarter consumed in their refrigerator for two weeks. Right. So that's, that's the kind of measure that we wanted. Cause we were constantly getting asked, um, you know, does it keep my beer fresher? And intuitively we said yes, but we didn't have anything empirical to show. So now we will. You know what else too? There's no like easy way to pour like a full growler of beer. I was just thinking about that (laughs) because I'll get to my next point. Maybe Jeff will cover it, but, um, It'll make sense after, but it, like a full growler, it's like a toddler trying to pour like a like a gallon of milk. It, Put your it, finger yeah. in the small little. It's hole. always 
the finger. I don't know how they created the handle <laughs> for You're a growler. You're supposed to put your pinky in. That makes it easier. It's for like two child's fingers. I don't. Like, I, <laughs> I never under. I've never understood how to properly pour out of a growler. Like no, like I always spill or I get super foamy. Um, With your big ass hands, you probably could. Just I don't have like palm, huge you can hands. Palm, palm the base of it like that, I'm, and he I'm just tall, goes, "Yeah." But I have like normal sized hands, so I kind of like take no, it, it in my palm, and it. But it's still, it's it's clunky. It's it it, yeah. it is clunky. This solves the clunky factor. That's my whole point. Wow, of that, of that that problem that we're solving. That's a it's enlightening. You didn't Maybe even know that. Throw that right on the website. That's a I me have thing. To. That that's a me just being you ready. Tall, I, I got it for you. I got it for you right here. Yeah. Got obnoxiously big hands like Tyler from yeah. 1056. Yeah. By the growler power. It's right? just me. Like it would be me giving the thumbs up, but we can Photoshop like from my wrist to my hand. It's like about three X. Or get like Andre yeah. the Giant's hands. This is free. You can have this. You that do what you free wish one. with it. Yeah, you can use that. Put idea. it right next to a growler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Look at just this. My it's hand, ridiculous. My get a hand growler. Is the size of a growler. Yeah. Um <laughs> Jeff, are you going to bring up our growler of iron that we have in my <laughs> in this? Uh, it, so, it, <laughs> so like, this would have been great years and years and years ago, because we got uh, a growler of what was it? I think it was iron. It was one of the Two Roads Oktoberfest beers, like the Martin that they had when they had multiple, like a few years back. Yeah, and we we've talked about this a lot in our podcast. Where I I I said I would drink it. Don't I do opened it. it. I opened it and we drank and we had some and then I sealed it and then never touched it again. No, it let stayed, me backtrack. No, it stayed in my fridge. I'll correct. My I'll correct history or here. my garage. What do you mean? This is what happened. I brought this over to your house. Okay, I said let's have. We had a pint. Uh, I think we had like a pint and a half each because there was a little bit left. I said, hey, you need to finish this. It's open. Jeff's like, yep, no problem. That was seven years. Ago. I meant it. And you still sure. have it. No. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We oh, used God. to we we lived together here. He had it in his fridge at his old house, uh, just because of room. I kept it, and I was like, it's at a point now where it's been so long. It's probably like maybe three inches of actual liquid, where I'm like, I don't want to open it because like that I could just two things are gonna happen. Guaranteed. Two, there's it guaranteed either two things. One, we've invented a new organism. Or two, we'll start a second pandemic. Either one, yeah. you never know. I'm afraid. Or it's one of those things where those open fermentation, you know, beers can be made. Maybe we can just create a you strain. Might, yeah, you might be onto a, like a, a a new strain of something. I really got to go back to two roads and we, be like, hey, listen, this is your beer from the past. You ever want to make like an ancient beer from like the old ruins of two roads. Here's I'm just saying like, I wouldn't have had this issue if I had a growler power in my possession. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a very That'd be like good the old, point. the old, uh, who did it? Dogfish head did that. Might, what was it? Midas touch or yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, That's what I was thinking of. Yep. Touch. Yeah. Yeah. They well, found like this dogfish head. Lewis has Lewis. I got to bring it up because we're touching on it a little bit here and there. Lewis has 120 minute dogfish from what year was it? 2000 and 2011. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Aging in the depths of his basement right now. Yeah. Waiting it's for a, a special moment. It's again one of those things. Like I, I had a couple uh, like Bourbon counties, and you kind of get to a point where you're like, I'm just gonna keep putting it off, putting it off, and then it gets to like a favorable time, like 11 years, where you're like, now, like, when am I gonna open this up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make it, make it 20 years. Make it 25. Like, there's, years at there's this something, point. there's something called I. That I'll take from that's used in movies. It's called the uncanny valley, right? You have the spot in the beginning where you probably that's that was the time, 
and then you missed it. That's I missed it. And then you get this uncanny value. We're like, ooh, what's happening here? And now we're in this excellent time on the other side where I wouldn't drink it, but you could do something with it. Something could happen. You know what I mean? Just something. Well, 120 minute, you can, you can, they say it ages well. So you can have it for that long. Now you know. go for it. But what is the moment? What is the moment? I, I've done some research and they say that really the four to five year range is probably the best yeah so i i don't know did you say you doubled that did you say 11 years (laughs) yeah i was gonna drink it i was gonna try to drink it last year but COVID. um so now i'm trying to now rob and i are trying to figure out you know i've I've got one other person that has to be involved and then we got bud who also wants to be involved so I've got I've got a couple of other things. I've got an old uh, uh, like one of the one of the corked narwhals um, from oh. a few years back. Um, I've got a Mexican cake from um, who are they down in uh, South Carolina? Oh wow! Evil Evil Twin does a lot of brewing with them. Oh my god! I can't even think of it now. He knows it. It's there. I do. I'm trying to think right of off the, the top. They're, they're, the best beer they make is a Goza. Look um, at that, Dad. You got the internet. It's, uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Well, uh, Mexican K-Con. I feel, didn't we talk about that? Why does that sound familiar? Yeah, I know. Oh, Narwhal is Sierra Nevada. Is that right? Narwhal is Sierra Nevada, yeah. Okay, and it's that. the bourbon barrel-aged Narwhal. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Um, Why does Mexican cake sound familiar? Is it Westbrook Brewing? Yeah, Westbrook. That's it. Yeah, Westbrook. Nice Brewing. job. Another state. Didn't title. totally didn't Google it right up here in the dome. <laughs> yeah, no, I googled that one. Narwhal. I was like, I know, I know this one. I was like, why? Do, why do I not know this one? Um, oh, that looks cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it gets to this point. I have four years of Bourbon County. Like the 2017 is my oldest one. And I'm just like, wh- like when do I? open this like I, it's at the time too where uh after like five years i guess bourbon counties kind of are iffy uh so i'm like i don't know when i'm gonna have this i told myself i was gonna have one on my wedding day and there was just <laughs> way too much chaos and I was like, he Whoops. drank everything else instead i didn't drink every- <laughs> <laughs> he drank everything else. at the reception <laughs> yeah, guilty yeah. but beforehand no uh so yeah i have another lambic from the dre fontanin or three fontanin however you want to claim it and it says it was bottled in 2018, and it's good until 2038, which I've never seen on like an expiration date on any product that you can consume, like a 20-year expiration date. So I'm going to ride that one out for another 20 that's, years. And that's a Lambic? Yeah, it's a Lambic. Uh, so, yeah, that's, they're, uh, they're, made, they're made for that. Right. I I bought a couple, and I had them like right when I bought them because I was like, I got to like remember what this tastes like. And then in 20 years, being like, do try to do a little memory recall and see if it tastes any different. So we'll see. I'll let you Set know. Set a reminder on your phone. Yeah, I got like 15 yeah. more years, I think, on that one. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So I, I have a question. Go for it. Sure. Um, what, what's, what's the maintenance on this thing on your growler? Probably. Like, I get one. How, what is? Is it like high maintenance, low maintenance? What I have to do to keep it clean? What's that look like? So, so I'll say it's. It's actually very simple in my mind. We, we've had our prototype, uh, we call it 1.5 and now 2.0, which is slightly larger that fits the gallon growler. We've had the 1.5 in our possession for at least, what, a year, Lewis? A year and a half? Quite a while. We've been playing with this thing yeah. 
ourselves going to festivals and you know we have a good feel for maintenance on this thing and it, it's one you want you got to keep your system clean right because you want the best experience possible everything's got to be clean yep. uh hot water fill out your growler hot water plug it in run it through the system you use a little gas pour it out the other end uh, for a little bit uh, we typically do that um you can also use the uh that uh, material or that uh, chemical that's used to clean kegs kegerators those what's it called star pbw yep oh. um yeah the pbw yep yeah, so we'll, we'll, I'll use that after, you know, after several growlers have gone through it. Um, but, yeah, other than that, uh, you were with the uh, the larger cylinder. Uh, you have to replace that with the larger cylinder probably after nine or ten growler fills, smaller one after two or three. Um, but, yeah, other than that, the drip tray comes out. It goes in the dishwasher. You wash that. You just rinse it off. It's, it's Lewis, am I missing anything? It's, it's actually really simple. No, it's, yeah, it's actually, it's actually pretty low maintenance. It's, uh, you know, just making sure you, after you're done, you can't just take the thing. I mean, you guys, you guys are beer guys, you know, you can't just take the thing and leave the beer in the line and, you know, mm -hmm. put yeah. it in your closet and expect it to be okay <laughs> the next time you pull it out. Um, yeah. you, you'll have, you'll definitely have some things growing in there that you really didn't anticipate growing in there. Oh yeah. So, but no, like Rob said, I mean, you, you after you're done, you take a uh, uh, hot water, put the hot water in the growler, fill it up, and put it, connect it back on, and then just run that entire growler straight through the tap into the sink, and you know, let it dry, and then you're pretty much set for the next time around. I would say, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe once a month you do the PBW, which is really as easy as a hot hot water and a growler drop a couple of tablets in, let it sit for like 15 minutes to dissolve, put it on the system, pour maybe a, a glass full through, and then let it sit for a half hour. And then you can flush it all the way through and you're good to go. Yeah, it's uh, obviously with something that's going to be tabletop, you have less of the tubing and just everything's a little bit smaller. So I am a little bit envious. I am looking at my kegerator right now, and every time I have to like clean the lines, it's a nightmare just because I jerry-rigged this like anyone does when you make your first kegerator, and uh, it's it's a pain. It it's For me, it gets super messy, and I obviously do it like very, very wrong, but just with more tubing and just more mechanics, it's uh, not as easy, so I'm a little envious of that there, so... I will well, that was say one of the things one one of the feedback sorry Rob one of the feedback that we got you know at, at a couple of the shows was guys talking about running a you know building their own kegerator or putting a kegerator in their house and it's yeah. the, you know they were they were complaining about just the installation part of it the lines oh, God, and yeah. You know, oh yeah the, the I amount of tubing that we're gonna have to go through just for that and then you know you kind of hit on it Tyler earlier you got to be committed to the log that you buy, right? Yes. You, you better you really not hate do. it. You, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to buy the holiday ale and then end up pouring it for, for uh, St. Patty's Day because, yeah. you know, it's still there. <laughs> yeah, that um, when COVID like first hit, there were a lot of uh, 
some restaurants and bars that were like selling uh, kegs of beer, which I don't know if I should be publicizing that. I'm not going to name names, but definitely illegal. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so like, they're like, yeah, you want this growler or a keg for like 40 bucks? I was like, hell yeah, it's April 2020. Like the world's ending. Why not? And then I was like, oh, it's like a IPA. I got to gotta commit to this so like you think like oh i'll have like three in a night right that's a decent amount and you're you kind of feel it i'm like oh there is still a lot of beer left in this so i gotta really commit to this and by the end i hated that beer i avoid that beer at all costs now so yeah it's it's a very valid point i saw that holiday that two rows are selling i was like nothing will make me get sick of a barrel aged holiday ale that's like 10 percent than having to shove 40 pints of it in my kegerator and cross my fingers hoping for the best yeah it's like no way this is not gonna work a growler of it yeah that would have actually been perfect not gonna lie yeah. but oh especially well. during the pandemic but still for now absolutely. yeah man it, i lack of foresight on that point it's like i'm gonna have it I'll still like the So beer. if I open my growler and I unleash a second pandemic, mm. definitely pick up a growler. We're all going to be staying home. Growler power. <laughs> We're all staying home. It'd be good for just, you know, you, you and go. your family. Everyone settle in. We'll yeah. be fine. Um, so my, uh, I, I only have a few more questions, but my last question. So when we spoke um, initially and as of recording this, as of last week, the Kickstarter ended and just talking about forecasting the future and whatnot. Um, where do you want to see Growler Power go? Just as a brand, as a product from where we are today? Well, I'll just start with saying that this is this is the flagship, right? This is why we exist. Um, we want to encourage people to go and enjoy craft beverages, craft beer in reusable containers. It's number one, great for the environment. 5% uh, of the carbon that's created in, in, in recycling cans and bottles, you're getting when you're using refillable containers, 20th of what's created for carbon. Uh, so we want people to uh, embrace the reusable lifestyle when it comes to craft beverage enjoyment and going local, right? Go to your local brewery down the street in town or next town over uh, if you can and, and bring home a container. So anything that we can do to encourage that, globally not just within connecticut new england or the u.s but globally um the world would be better off for it businesses would be better off for it um so so we're going to come out with this we're going to hopefully next spring late spring we're going to be selling this shipping it out to backers from our, our original campaign and then new orders we're going to take in we're going to come out with the accessories the drying racks for the growlers because as i can tell you earlier one of the Ooh. difficult things about having a beverage system that accepts a growler and then another growler and then another growler. So you have all these growlers all over the place. We come back from these events. We have like 10, 15 growlers we got to clean and they're just kind of rolling around on the table. Some of them get yeah. chipped. So we got to, we got to come out with a drying rack system or or product that allows these things to sit on a table, dry nicely and not take up too much space and, and get chipped. Uh, so we're going to come out with all these products that, that support that growler lifestyle, that, that reusable drinking lifestyle. Um, an invention that brought upon another invention. Yeah, and and, um, and so and then we're going to go from there, right? We want we also want to hire people and help us assemble this thing here in Hartford that couldn't otherwise find work. Uh, the underserved people who are homeless, people who are formerly incarcerated, people who are escaping abuse, whatever the situation is, whatever's mm -hmm. preventing them or being that barrier for employment to them, 
this is going to be, I think, easy enough to assemble. So we want to bring those people in through programs that are available locally and help get them, get them back on their feet, help them get back into the workforce and then hopefully move them out into other better things as they build their resume with this on there. So we have a mission to give back and, and we're not just doing this to start a business where we like beer. We do, um, but we want to be able to give back and, and lift all shifts in the process. So that that's really what's behind our mission. That's what's behind the St. Bernard you see in our logo, the Port yeah. Valley tagline. And, um, and we're going to come up with the coolest products uh, along with that. So it's going to be great. I, I, I love and all that. That's how awesome. much is some, is a growler power? If, what are you guys marking it at? It's going to, it's, yeah, it's going to retail for two fifty. Um, we're going to, uh, we're probably going to have some incentives. Some uh, we're going to work this out sometime next year, but we're hoping to work with breweries where they can offer some free growler fills if they buy this product through them, for instance. Hmm. Um, and so they're going to come out with some interesting things along with that uh, to, to make sure that people are getting the most value out of that purchase. But yeah, around two fifty is probably going to be the retail price. I like it, and I I like the idea of the resurgence of growlers. I've seen a couple that I think there's a, a brewery that's opening up in New York and they're talking about doing growler fills. And I feel like the conversation is starting to be had again. So I feel like this is picking up at the right time. I feel like now with, with um, the worst of what we saw with COVID behind us and how they're not, how they were doing more cans and growler fills back two, three years ago. Um, I'm all for it. I have a bunch of growlers that, yeah, the beer tastes better when it's in a growler like that. I think it's pretty, safe to say so i'm down to to use it all again and i like the incentive idea i think that's something that uh will we'll hopefully catch on jeff do you want to ask your question that you always ask i w- well i want to start with something a little we're gonna wrap this up i have two more things i want to do okay if you guys are okay with it i thought since you guys are offering an oh, amazing right. invention that is going to be helpful to the consumer and obviously expanding it out i thought it'd be fun to look at five ridiculous inventions of the past i found a little list and i just want to get your thoughts on it and kind of just have fun with it so ty give me the ability to screen share oh yes i will and then we will do that so just five this is off of businessinsider.com so they put together a list of ridiculous inventions and one of them is actually beer related so that would be fun all right go ahead do it yeah you can do it now yeah 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 okay so i like i'm going to cold i he told me about this i don't know what what it's actually going to be. So I'm, I'm riding this with, with so, you, uh, business insider products. They're at least amusing. Babies are, t- aren't totally useless. They could be turned into mops. I've seen your this. thoughts on yep. this. baby. Ah. <laughs> okay. So for those at home, we have a baby and on its belly. Cause it can't walk yet. It's got a, like a, a mop like thing attached to its shirt. So it can crawl and mop the floor. Your thoughts. I mean, I think you would need several babies and several knots with to really make a difference. Oh, so now we're just like increasing the load on the family. Yeah. More kids, cleaner house, though. Nah, that's more kids, messier house. Are you just canceling it itself out? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I, you would have. Uh, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know where to go with this. It's... It'd be like zigzag all over the like the. Yeah, yeah Jeff, on the kitchen floor. This is a difficult situation. You got to be really sensitive when babies appear on a screen. Uh, and yep. what you say. So, we're going to be really careful with this one. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking that what if it soils its pants? Does it clean itself? Like, what's, it, what's mm, happening? Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's point. A good that's so, a, we'll move on. That's the first one. Number two. Good point. 
Cover your dog's bottom with a disco ball, air freshener, heart, flower, biohazard, smiley face, number one ribbon, cupcake, sheriff's badge, or dice. You want to no, stop it, smelly I, I farts? I've, I've seen that. Touch it right yeah. to the tail. I've seen this. Now, is this is this something that's going to make waves? Clearly not, because this girl looks like she came from 2002. So I think this product died back in the year it was developed. Yeah, I think so, too. I like the custom. <laughs> I, you know, hope I, so. will- <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I will give it I'll give it a plus. And I like that it has a lot of different options. You got to give the consumer some options, you know, customizable options. Best name, well, rear gear. Uh, rear gear. What, happen- what happens if the dog's got to go to the bathroom? Oh, you better be prepared. That you got to have multiple because that thing is getting soiled on. If yeah. it goes to the bathroom in the house, then <laughs> baby mop. <laughs> Use the baby mop. You got to get these things together. You got to get them together. That's yeah. synergy right yeah. there. The package yeah. deal right there. All right, number three. Number three. Who wants to chug a beer when you can suck on it instead? Oh, I've seen. Oh, this. good so lord. Weird. So so this is a like bottle for like a baby bottle put on the top of a beer bottle your thoughts it's this it's, was this had to have been done like back when when everybody was like sucking on pacifiers at raves <laughs> yeah. right yeah you know what this is hands-free drinking so that's a plus oh, for my it is. good point it see is. that's it's the inventor that's the inventor brain see that's you know what? We've been on the Facebook, you know, on the uh, on the CT beer drinkers. They do a lot of crying there, so this might be good for them. <laughs> that was that was pretty. Uh, good I think we're at number four. The two uh, more. Talk about care. a party can, in your pants. Can we go? <laughs> Fundies. <laughs> no. Underwear built for two. Again, the question of like if you have to go to the bathroom, like this is like a very. I don't awkward... think you're thinking about doing that when you got your fundies on. This is underwear built for two. It has a picture of two people wearing the same pair of underwear facing each other. Obviously, the... this is for uh, the kinky crowd. That's not what I thought of, Jeff. You know, you have to have a sick mind. I was thinking of more practical use, so you know, it's fine. Sick no, mind. Getting, what else are they yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, remember he's married now. Don't That's forget, true. he's married now. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. That's true. Ty, we could do a, a joint Halloween costume, though, now. Now, this is what I like. Okay. I, I, Lock two, it in. Two baby bottle tops of our beers and a pair of fundies. <laughs> I feel uh, like it's impractical. Another great name. Yeah, yes. it, it's, it's a good It really name. is about the name. It's yeah. About the, name. the names outweigh the product by far. And you see it says, I, includes four legs and two rears. It says there on the bottom. Two close friends not included. <laughs> I just, like, you gotta like face the same way. You yeah. just have like in this picture for people listening, it is the bottom half of two people facing each other. How do you walk? I, whatever you know. What? You're not I, walking. I, I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not reading into this more. What's the last? You're married. One? All right. Last <laughs> one. Last one, and we'll leave this alone. I think Tyler. I think you'll really appreciate this one. All okay. Right. Okay, scroll. I have no idea. The potty putter is a way more interactive than the, than a magazine. I have almost gotten this. Oh yeah, uh, I remember this. Okay. Yep. So yeah. someone's sitting on the toilet that has a little putting green around the base of the toilet, and you could do a little putting while you're. Uh, yeah. Putting uh, one well, into another. Smartphone was invented. Yeah, yeah. This was great pre-smartphone. Uh, this was a. I remember at my old job, we did like a Yankee Swap or White Elephant, whatever it's called. And this was one of the gifts. Oh, I was a little right. bummed out that I didn't get it. And I was like, <laughs> damn. Like, this would have been great. Thoughts on this one? Do you think you can have this for your awesome office, Rob? What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I'd be upset if no one got me this for my Christmas party. Yeah. Lewis. <laughs> all right i'll stop sharing there i'll stop sharing there ty do you have anything else to add before i ask my final question no that last one was definitely the best one by yeah, far the best agree that was, that was, yeah i feel like we could all like agree that like, yeah i wouldn't be mad to receive that that would be cool fundies just make me so frustrated man it just doesn't has no practicality i get it i get it but i don't get it anyway right, ask your like, last question i like to ask one I, more question i come up with a mini golf version of it though yeah, the windmill hey. and the oh. <laughs> <laughs> has to go through the elephant's trunk and come out. Yeah, right. I get it. Yeah, and that crazy uh, like to, clown. <laughs> yeah, I like to ask one more question before we like sign off, and that is, guys, what's in your fridge? What do you got? What are you drinking? What's in your fridge? So right now I have a ton of beer. Uh, I had surgery a week ago, so I'm not allowed to drink according to my doctor. Um, so what's waiting for me? Let's see. I have Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. That's usually my go-to, like during the week. Um, some Modelo. I got some. Um, ooh, a back east. I think a back east porter in there, and a nice. couple of things. Yeah, a little variety of things, and, and some road jam actually, which is probably not good anymore. But just to think about the summer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah road jam is always good though. Good counterpoint. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I've got. I've got more, I'm more of a collector now than I am. Well, I shouldn't say that I'm more of a collector than a drinker, but I don't necessarily <laughs> have a drinking problem. I have a collecting problem. Fair enough. So, you know, back to Rob's point uh, earlier, I've got a, you know, 10 plus year old, 120 minute IPA. Um, I've got a, another one from Westbrook, uh, a Lichtenheiner, um, which is actually like their smoked beer. Um, tastes like an Easter ham. Um, I have several Fox Farm single cans. I've got Sloop de Bomb series. Uh, oh, yeah. It, I've got, yeah, I mean, you name it, I've probably got it or or I have an empty of it somewhere. Nice. So. Good answers. Good, an- good answers both around, yeah. Ty, what about you? I actually haven't checked in on you. What do you got in your fridge? I don't have that much. Because before we signed on, he's like, I'm out of Bud Light. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what podcast yeah, is this? He's got a keg of beer. He's committed to that for, for I, I don't. So I, five years. I got I got rid of uh, – I got. I haven't had a keg in my kegger for a long time. So a lot of the beers that we have is stuff that we're going to be using in future videos. Um, and just with the – I had we've had a million weddings and whatnot, so there hasn't been like a good like month where I can go out and like go to breweries and collect beer like I was able to in previous years. So I was just at an event at Bad Sons uh, last week, so I think I have like five cans of two of their releases: Winter Haze, which is their new release, and then Dubious, which is like their flagship. Um, yep. And I have like a couple Treehouse beers, a couple Treehouse stouts that I've saved for like a couple years to have. They're amazing. Um, and then I'm also a collector as well. I'm getting to that point where I have a ton of bottles of stuff. I'm like, definitely going to have that when the time's right. And it's been three years. Um, so it's a, it's a very eclectic mix, uh, of everything from IPAs to barrel aged stouts to, I have a ice Bach, uh, from area two that I got a year and a half ago. And I just still haven't found a good time to open it because it's like a 16 percent beer so there you go it's i I, i'm all over the map with my beer 
Tyler, I'd love to see your next podcast, guys, be called The Time Is Right. And I want you to break out all these beers and enjoy them. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> this is the first guest that has given us good <laughs> ideas to use. I That honestly is a good idea. Or, Bad idea for my system internally yeah but you, you, could do, you could do like a quarterly i mean we've we've been talking about doing a quarterly um rotation of like seasonal beers right and, there you and go. doing little spots on them yeah um but you could do a quarterly you know once every three months do a the time is right series and break out you know a couple of them cleanse the fridge one time i do yeah. i i like this we gave you we gave you one idea you gave us one idea I would say that's a pretty fair trade. I can't. I don't. I don't hate that. I. We'll, I like we'll that. Come, very balanced. We'll come back right on now. too. We'll, there you we'll come go. Back on. Hey, there you oh, go. Oh, we would love to have you back on. So before we sign off, anything else you guys want to add? Anything coming up? Anything else you want to say about your product, Growler Pal? Well, if anyone who's listening is interested in um, in our Growler Power system, check out GrowlerPower.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. We'll keep you updated on uh, on how things are going, and uh, hopefully, you can enjoy it with us. Uh, springtime of next year will be hopefully uh, shipped this product out and um, onward and upward from there. All right. Sounds right good. on. Hey, Absolutely. thanks guys so much for joining us. Yes. Rob Luce, thank you so much. Follow them on social media at Growler Power. I believe Instagram is Growler Power, all one word, correct? That's correct. Awesome. Gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you guys. Thanks guys. We got a whole lot of new money though.